<laughs> Let's get started right away. <laughs> Let's stand up. Yeah. 
How you doing, everybody? What you got, Wayne? Mm. Turkey, trick to fend, hangover? Yeah, or? definitely. I ate too much. Took a nap twice. I did too. Hey, must, <laughs> must be a worship thing. How many took two naps? How many wish you could? Don't do it in jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Good, man. I don't know. We can talk turkey if you want. But <laughs> yeah, it's hard to believe it's uh, Thanksgiving come and going, huh? Um, so, uh, but just here, we're on the countdown for Christmas now, right? Hope you got all your shopping done. More than all that other stuff. How many went Black Friday shopping? How many went like later Thanksgiving shopping? How many did online shopping? How many hate shopping? There we go. Hallelujah. So, Amen. Uh, there we go. Online, baby. But hey, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's different. <laughs> Everything's different now. You know, things don't remain the same. I remember the days where people just rushed to go in. And um, somebody had, uh, had shared uh, yesterday uh, something with me, uh, and I, I had to repost it. And it, it was about um, it had um, Kevin Hart on there, and it said, you can't get up and go to church, but you're waiting in line to go Black Friday shopping. So isn't that, isn't that funny? Like some of the stuff. I mean, you just saw lines of people just waiting for junk, stuff that you can get in a yard sale in a couple weeks or a month or so, you know, a year or so, um, and are just filling in our basements. And yet, when it comes to uh, connecting with God of the universe, many of us don't just stop and think about it. And so, um, we're do- uh, welcome. We want to just want to welcome everybody here. We're just going to connect. And one of the awesome things that we're going to do is God led me during this time of year, uh, Advent, to do a series on forgiveness, and that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about White Christmas. Um, and, and forgiveness. All right, so you guys ready? You good? I'm good. All right. All right. I'm here, you guys singing this time. Your love never fails 
There may be pain in the night, but joy comes in the morning. And when the oceans rage, I know that to be afraid, because I know that you love me. For my good, you make all things work together for my good. Let's hear it, right? Say that. And you make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things. Work together for my good And you stay the same through the ages Your love never changes There may be pain in the night But joy comes in the morning And when the oceans rage I don't have to be afraid because I know that you love me You make all things work together for my good You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. One more time here. You make all things work together for my good. Lifted high 
here to this point today where we can just stop and after the season has gotten here upon us and it's a, getting a lot more hectic for us um, but God it, we, it seems like everything can be hectic if you want it to be it's just time to just stop and thank you and just to worship and focus on who you are in Christ's name we pray amen Amen. I want everybody just to say hi to the people around you um, children don't go anywhere first I'll tell you when you're going to go but just say hi to everybody
All right. All right. Here we go. Find our seat. It is that time of year, that time of year that we talk about Advent. And Advent um, is a time where we remember that Christ came into the world. But Advent is also the time where we look for Christ's second coming. And we hope that he comes back. Anybody hope he comes back today? At least before Monday Night Football so the Eagles can't lose again, right? There we go. All right. So, but hopefully, um, that's what we ultimately wish for because we're just passing through here. And so um, today we're going to light the candle of hope. And as I light the candle of hope, we're going to go ahead and there's going to be a video each week depicting a little bit about what we want to say about the season. Right, and let's remember that's what we put our hope in, in God alone, right? All right. So um, welcome. If you're visiting with us today, welcome. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Advent, Christmas, whatever it may be this season. Um, didn't it seem like we were just in the summertime. Am I the only one that thinks it went fast this year? Hey, weren't we just, didn't we have an election in there somewhere? Yeah, just check them. Um, all right, but we welcome you. If you're visiting with us, uh, welcome. We have a small gift for you. Hopefully you received the card when you came in. Just fill that out and um, drop it in the plate, or you can take it out back here if you'd like to. Um, and we have a small gift. Thank you for being part of our worship today. Um, and we just want you to relax and have fun, and hopefully that's what you will do. Um, and so you can look for some uh, other information here. We're going to be wrapping up uh, the disciple sign-ups. Uh, very soon, like this week or next week, and um, we've got some really cool stuff that we're going to do with that. Um, Dining for Women party, uh, December the 7th at Judy Music's house um, at 6.30. Come dressed as your favorite uh, Christmas movie character, okay? So that should be fun. Um, you, many of you got an order form today for poinsettias. Please get them in. Um, as you can see, that um, we need all these in by de- uh, December the 11th, and that will be here in a couple weeks, two weeks. So we want to make sure that they are all in. If you want to leave, put one in honor and memory of someone, and um, 
And so they'll, they'll be here uh, that f- following week, so we want to make sure that's there. Scripture readers, we have people who've come up and read Scripture as part of the worship service. If you'd like to do that, you can go ahead and send an email to info at havencc.org and just put Scripture Reader, and we'll be sure to get you on the list. Um, Bible study for tween girls. Um, so it's uh, plans are underway for a girls' Bible study beginning in 2017 for girls ages 8 to 11. Um, and so there's going to be memory verses, group readings, crafts, interactive activities, um, and the end of study party, and they'll discuss everyday issues that girls struggle with. Um, so you can have sign-ups in church and online. Rachel has clipboards here, and you can also do that online, and Rachel has her email um, that is in the, um, in the bulletin, and also you can sign up online as well. Okay? So that'll be exciting. We'll hear more about that. Thanksgiving food drive. Big, huge thank you. Um, people keep giving me turkeys. I don't know. What to, I keep bringing them in, and they keep going somewhere, right? Um, but um, so we, uh, we requested for 165 meals and blew that away. Um, Haven was able to provide 240 meals in total, which is awesome. Um, and so uh, 11 meals went to uh, families in need. The rest went to Area Ministries Monarch Monarch. Um, House, uh, Mobile Mission, Deep Roots, VFW, Youth Empowerment, Cecil County Help Center, Parish Foundation, and Rotating Shelters. So thank you for everyone who did that. Um, I also have a list here from Human Services Development um, who said, thank you for your generous holiday donation. This certainly, um, during this uncertain economic contribution, uh, every contribution to the Health Center is vitally important to our program. During fiscal year 2016, we assisted in more than 65,000 people with food, clothing, homeless prevention, energy assistance, financial, and other emergency needs. The Health Center distributed more than 454,847 pounds of food and produce for those in need. And we were part of that. So the need is great. It's great, and we help meet that need this year. Who knows what God's going to lead me to open my big mouth next year, so get ready, all right? Um, that's awesome. All right, so we, um, pro- uh, Angel Tree is underway out there. You can see that. Um, you can pick up an angel um, for those, and we need to have the gifts returned to Haven by the 18th, okay? Anything else we need to say about that, Jen? Just right out here at the tree? Okay, after church. That's good. All right, lots of stuff. Quarters for linens. Again, we have some things right by the doors that you're going out. Um, we're in, however you want to look at that. Um, and this to help with a rotating shelter for a homeless to be able to do their, um, their laundry and other kinds of things like that. So please go ahead. Next uh, Parish Foundation dinner is December the 18th. So mark your calendars. Help needed? Okay, so get, get it while it's hot. Because um, it fills up. So we, by all means, go ahead and connect to Parish Foundation. It'll be a great time to do so. And also, as we're speaking, the last Sunday service of the year will be December 18th. Um, Christmas is on a Sunday this year. And, um, and many of us have kids, grandkids, travels, families. And um, Jesus said he's sleeping in too. Um, so, <laughs> but no, we're going to also have some opportunity online, so if you want to connect and worship, you may do so, but we wanted to go ahead. There's so many people that serve here that have kids and other kinds of things that we felt it would be a good opportunity to allow us to enjoy a time to celebrate with our families and worship God with our families at home. So the 18th is the last time Sunday, but we will have two opportunities on Christmas Eve, 6.30, which tends to be more of a family service, and, um, but anybody can come to all of them, and 8.30 will be a communion 
uh, service on Christmas Eve, and we've celebrated those for several years. It's a great time to worship the Lord and to go ahead and celebrate his birth in that time. So make sure you mark your calendars for those things. All right? Everybody good? Okay. Um, so we want to ask for prayers for uh, Jim Legallo asked for prayers for his friend Dean's daughter, Ashley, um, who's being induced on Monday morning. Janet Hammer asked for prayers for um, brother-in-law who passed away Friday and prayers for his family. If you want to do that. Joanne Edwards asked for prayers for her Aunt Betty uh, Davis's family as she passed away on Monday. All right? Do we have... Um, yes, Chris. My friend Sean Smythe passed away on Monday night. Okay. Oh, Sean did. Really? Was Sean the one who came to church? Yeah. Oh, wow. Some of you might remember Sean who came to church for a while over at, um, when we were at the middle school. Um, so he passed away very suddenly then. Um, okay, so we want to lift uh, Sean in your prayers as well. Um, anyone else that we need to add to our prayer? Yes, Bobby. Okay, so Bobby's aunt had, um, has had some issues, heart attack. So we want to go ahead. What else? Yeah, Joe. Okay, so she's going to be with you to March, so okay, well, so does that mean you want us to pray for you, or, or we'll pray for her, because we know, is she staying with you? Pray for Joe's mom, okay, so we're going to go, yes, go ahead. Okay, okay, so we want to pray for your sister Sharon and her husband, all right, anyone else? Yes. Okay, so Steve, who has diabetes, I want to lift him up in your prayers as well. Anyone else? Okay, I, knew, I know we do have some celebrations, but we want to go ahead and say happy birthday to Bobby. And Bobby Burke. All right. So, uh, see, Facebook does tell you things, okay? So, when, uh, anybody who's celebrating anniversaries. Yes? Not yet. We're going to right now, okay? So, all right, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to let the kids go. All right, Lord God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for your Holy Spirit being here. We want to lift up the um, the ones who are on our prayer concern, the prayer list today. Um, we want to lift up for those who have passed away uh, very suddenly, those who have battled with long illnesses, and um, we also want to just lift up those who are just uh, feeling lonely this time of year, those who are struggling, as this ten- time of year tends to be one. That is less than uh, exciting for many people. That seems like the pressures of life just seem to hit. And so, God, we we lift each one of those people up. Um, For those who are struggling with illnesses, those who are dealing with financial difficulties, those who just, just need a touch from you. So whatever it may be, God, we just come to you now and we ask that you minister to them. We thank you, I thank you, number one, for, and we, it seems to be something that we've done weekly here, is to thank you for the many gifts that you've given to us that have been passed on during this season, whether it be uh, through uh, the gifts of uh, tithe and offering, or whether it be through uh, shoe boxes, or whether it be through uh, providing meals, or whether it's working at the home, homeless shelter, or um, the rotating shelter, or, or parish foundation, you name it, God. I just thank you for a church that, des- that decides they want to be the hands and feet of Christ and be active in this world. And so, God, during the remainder of the service, we just ask that your Holy Spirit guide us and direct us as we deal with this very interesting and difficult topic of for- forgiveness. As we begin to scratch the surface of it today, 
that, God, you may truly touch our hearts and cleanse them from all unrighteousness. And now as we receive your tithe and our offerings, I ask that your blessing be upon the gifts and the giver and the tither, that we can continue to meet your needs here and around the world. In Christ's mighty name, amen. And our children can also head out now to Sunday school. They might want to stay at their Polo Express vans, but... <laughs> Jackson says something about snow globes, so I figured this would be a good song for them. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your, sin, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. 
Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. Right, White Christmas. White Christmas. How many have ever seen that movie, White Christmas? One of my favorite movies um, of all time. So we're going to talk about that, but we're, um, we're going to talk about some things a little differently. I knew, um, I just kind of knew for a little while, and I've done not, it's nothing new. We've talked about forgiveness before, but I just really wanted to talk about forgiveness during this time of the Christmas season because it seems like that, um, number one, that this is a message series that hits everybody, right? Uh, when, when you talk about forgiveness and unforgiveness, uh, because all of us have been hurt or offended or stepped on or kicked or just mentally abused or some other kind of thing. We've all dealt with that. And whatever it may be, whatever the reason, it seems at this time of year, it seems like everything's amped up a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, not that we have more problems, but we just seem to feel them a lot more. For instance, um, some, there's one study that shows that more people commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than all the other 11 months combined. I mean, that, that blows my mind when I look at that. So there's something about this season that's supposed to be merry and bright that helps us or causes us to feel our pain and our hurt more than ever before. Now, What we need to recognize is the job of the enemy of Satan is to distract you and get you off of God's plan for your life. And Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And this is one of the things I think that we forget. Jesus came, though, that you may have life and have it abundantly. And that's not just a good verse. It's a a lifestyle. And I think often what we do is we look at it like, we look at the scripture as kind of like something that we just get these little uh, quotes for life and attach to, to, our, uh, to our, um, our, you know, post of our, of our lives rather than making it a lifestyle. But wouldn't it be neat if we really had a white Christmas? Now I'm not talking about snow on the ground and stuff like that, even though that might be cool on Christmas. Remember several years ago we had that and it was really, really cool. Remember last year we had 70 degrees and it was really weird. Okay, it was really, really weird uh, about that. But what I'm talking about is that we have the condition of our heart cleaned, that as the verse that Andy read for us, that we begin to say that I'm pure and I'm clean and there's something different in my life and in my heart. Um, in p- preparing for this message, I put a uh, post yesterday on Facebook. I just said, I wonder what people would do if I went ahead and asked a question, what is the most difficult forgiveness issue you have ever had to deal with? And as of right before the sermon, um, that, and I posted it again, there's like 60 to 70 some people with half a day's response that have added some of the most significant things that I've seen. Sure, some put like something very like flippant and, and joking, but a lot of people responded. And some said, some, one of the first ones immediately was infidelity. Several said betrayal. Repeatedly being wronged, those who have hurt my child or hurt children, 
um, being taken for granted when I wanted to make life better just to be stepped on and hurt. When people have no change in their life and no accountability, but keep doing the same old, same old thing. People who are victims of sexual or emotional abuse. Being blamed and abandoned by friends and being blamed for stuff that you haven't done. One person wrote, dream killers, people who set you up to kill your dreams. Several people wrote about family wrongs and parents and issues with parents and not being able to forgive. Others had deceit. Some wrote a spiritual leader abuse, where someone in a pastor role has abused that. But probably one of the most fascinating ones, which helped me shape the last part of the ser- series, is this, where, someone, where several people wrote, I'm unable to forgive the past or to forgive myself. And that seemed to be one over and over again. And this is something that is very real to all of us, not just something to throw down there. And I got to tell you, for me, it's very real. And it's been very real for me over the last year. And I've had a combination of many of these things that were listed on this sheet that have affected me when it comes to the area of forgiveness. And so as I was thinking today, you don't really, we don't really need a sermon here. What I want to do is just I want to kind of sit and I want to talk with a group of friends. And I just want to share with you a couple countercultural ideas that may be new to many that are regarding forgiveness and I want you to experience that I want to help set you up to be able to experience a white Christmas and in doing this I started thinking about uh, just some things and how many of you have on your phone or have ever played the game Angry Birds raise your hand if you've done that anybody ever played Angry Birds how many of you have seen Angry Birds Okay? Now, Angry Birds is an interesting thing. It was, several years ago, the game. They actually made a movie of it, I think. Okay? And my son Judah has, like, tons of plush animals that he calls them. His plushes all over the place that they have them. And Angry Birds is about a bunch of uh, birds who are angry. They're upset. Okay? And, but they're on a revenge mission. Okay, you can see the one right there flying through the air, the little red guy. And they're slingshotted through. You get to put the angle. And they're angry at the pigs who stole their eggs. Now, here's the interesting thing. The interesting thing is, to get back at them, they use themselves as a weapon. All right? And they use themselves, and they launch themselves into these loose building structures. And if they do it properly, they kill the pigs. But they kill themselves in the whole uh, part of it. And so when I was thinking about this, I thought, wow, isn't that ironic? Because this is what we do when we have unforgiveness. We're a bunch of angry birds. Look at the person next to you say, angry bird. Uh, Right. But we do that. We end up launching ourselves into others to take them out as a revenge mission because of something they've done for us. And that's what happens when we carry unforgiveness around with us. And in the meanwhile, we end up hurting, we end up trying to hurt them or destroy them, but we end up killing ourselves, definitely. Because sometimes you may hit it and you miss, you're still dead. And so what we see is we are all a bunch of angry birds. Someone once said, unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation. That's what we do all the time in our lives. We are a bunch of angry birds. The main verse for the series um, that we saw from Isaiah chapter 1, printed in your bulletin, says, Come on, 
Come now, let's settle this. We mentioned that last week or so, the same verse. In other words, don't go on another day with this stuff in your life, with this thing that's controlling you and and manipulating you and has a hold on you. Don't do it anymore. Don't go through another Christmas being miserable because you're holding these grudges and things with you. It says, though your sins are like scarlet. In other words, what it's saying is you're bleeding all over the place. You're bleeding all over the place. I will make them white as snow. Don't you like that promise there? I will make them white as snow. It's the promise from God. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. If you will only what? What's that word? Obey me. Obey me. Obey is a key word I want to unpack today. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to go on a journey. Today's title of the sermon is called Snow Globe Living. And I want to lead you to a place where it looks like you may want to be, but you don't like how you're going to get there. It's, you see a place that seems ideal, but it's so far-fetched, and you may not even want to go there. Week two is we're going to go ahead, and I want to tell you that I believe, really believe if we really embrace what, we, what I want to share next week, um, that you can live... In, in, a, in a game changer, a life changer with a joy-filled life no matter what the circumstances are. And it's going to be called, Do You See What I See? And week three is where we're going to, is really like forced me there based off of the post from yesterday and other days. And we're going to talk about the ghost of Christmas past and how can we get over ourselves? How can we get over that guilt that we have in our lives and, be, and begin to forgive ourselves? So today I just want to have a discussion And when you have a discussion with people, one of the things when you talk about forgiveness, one of the first things is people say, I just can't go there. And so I want to talk about in in the first verse of, of White Christmas is I'm dreaming, right? I'm dreaming. It's something that we dream of. We all have, and this is number one on your bulletin, we all have wrong thoughts about forgiveness. In other words, I think we define forgiveness wrongly and we understand it in a wrong manner. And so there's a couple things I want to share with you about how we understand or misunderstand forgiveness and its goal. Um, I want to share that through some scriptures and some other kinds of things today. But number one is I want to share, and I think the one way that we define um, our lack of forgiveness or unforgiveness wrongly is by we, th- we think that if we forgive somebody, that we, we're going to minimize it. So it's not minimizing the wrong done to you. Many of us believe that if I forgive that person, then I'm just kind of saying it didn't matter what they did. In a way, I'm saying, well, I should just suck it up and deal with it. But that's wrong. That's not what it's about. That's not what forgiveness is about. It's not about just sucking it up and saying, oh, no, it didn't matter. Or, you know, we just say, oh, it didn't. It just doesn't even seem like it happened. No, that's not. It's real. The second thing is it's not reconciliation. It's not making up or going back to a relationship or a friendship. It's not saying, you were my best friend, you messed up my life, or you were my spouse and you, you, the person I trusted most of all, and you broke my heart and destroyed me. And it's not saying, okay, you go back and hold hands, skip through the daisies and sing kumbaya. That's not what it's about. I will, matter of fact, tell you, there are some people that you should not reconcile with because they're not ready for it, and neither are you at this point. But forgiveness is not about reconciliation. Forgiveness is like solitaire. Anybody ever played solitaire? 
of course you're going to win and lose, but you're winning and losing against yourself. And that's kind of what forgiveness is about. It's between you and God. That's who it's about. Forgiveness sets a prisoner free. I want you to hold on to that statement because I'm going to share something with you in a little bit about that. It's not about them. It's about you. Some have said before, well, I'm only going to forgive them if they apologize. Let's be honest. How many of you have ever said that? If they apologize, then I'll forgive. How many of you are lying right now? All right, there we go. That may be, that may be uh, how we do sometimes, but that leaves us hostage to that person's actions. And we should never be hostage to somebody else, just particularly the person who hurt us in the first place. And the third thing, it's not forgetting the wrong done for you. Some ir- uh, unrealistically believe that we have to forgive and forget. How'd that forget part work in your life? How many of you can remember, how many had a friend that did something wrong to you? How many can remember exactly what that is? You mean you didn't forget? Of course we're not going to forget. We're not like a computer that can zap it out. We, that's not how we work. Um, you say, I may get over it, but I'm going to tell you something. You might not get over it. And you may say, well, Jack, why don't you be positive, okay? I'm going to be positive that you might not get over it. Because there are things that you just may never get over because of what was done to you. I want to share with you something. Um, many of you have heard of Joyce Meyer. How many have ever heard of Joyce Meyer? And Joyce Meyer is probably, um, like her or not, um, is probably one of the best biblical teachers that exist in the world today. Um, like her style or not, she's fantastic as a biblical teacher, and she opens scripture um, better than most people I've ever seen in my life. And I want to share with you a clip that I put together from a sermon, a message that she gave. Um, and she's going to tell you something about her the relationship with her father. So I'm going to show this clip, if you can, right now. My father, whom I was supposed to be able to trust, who was supposed to keep me safe, raped me a minimum of 200 times before I became 18. Now, I'm happy to say that God gave me the grace to completely, 100% forgive my father. It took some time, but I was able to do it. And I had forgiven him, but I had not totally forgiven him. And I realized that when God asked me several years ago to bring my mom and dad to St. Louis from where they lived in southeast Missouri and move them close to our home and take care of them until they died. And I thought, you have got to be kidding. I mean, at first I just rebuked it. I said, there is no way this is God. No loving good God would ask me to do that. God said, they're sick, they're old. I'm like, well, what did they ever do for me? Oh, that was so hard for me. My God, that was hard for me to do. But I, by then, I had enough experience to know when God is dealing with me, and I also know that God never tells us to do anything if it's not going to work out for our good. I want you to remember that. God will never tell you to do anything if it's not going to work out for your good. When we brought my father and mother to St. Louis to live, bought them a house, took almost all the money we had saved, Three years went by and there didn't seem to be hardly any change in my dad. And by then he was at the point where he would try to go to church occasionally on holidays with us. And, but he was still just as mean as a snake. And One Thanksgiving morning, my mother called and said, your dad would like you to come over. He wants to talk to you. She said, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's been crying for about three weeks. She said, I think I know, but you better come over. So 
David and I went over and he looked at me and he started crying and he said, I just need to tell you how sorry I am for what I did to you. And um, he said, I've been wanting to say something for three years, but I just wasn't man enough. I didn't have the guts to do it. And uh, he looked at Dave and he said, you know, most men in your position would have killed me. And you've never been anything but nice to me. And um, my father, by the way, received Christ that day. We baptized him 10 days later. Amen. And he died about three years ago, but I mean, that man was changed. Wow. Right? Wow. She goes on to say something, and you can see the uh, clip on YouTube or other places. She says, I've come to a point, and I can't even tell you that I wished the abuse hadn't had not happened. I said for years, I wished it had never happened. But then God stopped me one day, and I realized that because of that horror in my life from someone who I was supposed to trust and love, I'm a better person because God took what Satan intended for bad and made it good. I know God better than I ever thought I could. I don't ever doubt, and don't you ever doubt, that God has a plan for your life regardless of the circumstances. I know the miracle of what God has done in my life. And that would and it's greater than any of that that ever happened to me at all. Wow. That is forgiveness. It's not about feeling. It's not about forgetting about what is right and what is wrong and what was done to you. She even goes on to say that because of him being a changed person toward the last couple years of his life, she was able to kiss him on the cheek and not to think anything differently. She said, I'm only able to stand here today because we have a God who is alive. God is offering us something so great. And you may never forget the experience that happened to you, but you can experience the miracle that God has for you today. So the first thing is, we have a wrong thought about forgiveness. Number two, I could just pack up church there and go right now, right? We think it's not fair. It's not fair. If I forgive them, I suffered. What about them? They need to suffer a little bit. I just want to share about things not being fair. Here's some advice. We don't want to go down that route. Because I thank God that he has given me the gift of his grace, and it's not fair for him. Because if I have to pay for my own sins, I am in trouble. And this takes us to Matthew chapter 18. Peter was having some issues with people who weren't forgiving him. He was having some issues with his own unforgiveness. And under the Jewish law, they had, did you go and they had to forgive somebody a couple times, like three or four times? So Peter asked Jesus this in Matthew chapter 18. Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven times? He doubled it and added one. He was sucking up. You ever done that? You ever done that like when you, you've forgiven somebody and you say, hey, I've forgiven them five times. Enough's enough. Okay? Here's what Jesus' response was. Peter thought he was going to get the gold star. And here's what happens. The response from Jesus says, I tell you not seven times, 
but 77 times. Or another translation says 70 times 7, which is 490. And Luke's gospel adds 490 times per day. That is every three minutes without going to sleep, you have to forgive somebody. Impossible to keep track, right? Impossible. You must continually to do that. Jesus said not 70, but 70 times 7, or 490. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to go settle his accounts with his servant. And so I want to take you to the meat of this uh, story where there was a servant. And it's in, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. And this is what happened. There was a servant. And Jesus says, a man, a servant owed his master something. And as he owed his master He came to him. He owed him 10,000 talents or bags of gold. And just to let you know, they've broken it down that that would be the equivalent of 20 years of a day's wages. 20 years of that, straight. Or what they've decided it could equal to today, $5 billion. He owed his master $5 billion. There is no way to pay. That is a big deal, right? Don't you agree that's that's no way you're going to pay that? If you don't, Remember, end of the year giving for Haven Church, it'll work. It'll be a great thing. We can do lots of things. Okay, five billion, five billion. That is amazing. Five billion dollars he owed him. And the servant, uh, so the, the man owed him this. So the master said, I'm going to sell you, your wife, and your family into slavery to pay for it. Wow. The man did what we would do. The only thing we have left is he threw himself on the mercy of the master and said, this to him. Have pity on me. Please be patient with me. I will pay it all back. There is no way he could ever pay it back. And the master looked at him and the scripture says, the master, the servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt. How many going to cancel if somebody owes you five billion dollars? How many would say, well, I'll get you me five million instead? He canceled it all. Canceled every single debt. How do you feel if that happened to you? If you had $5 billion of debt and somebody said, it's okay, how would you feel? Relieved, free. Wait, you're just like, oh my gosh. But there's another part to this story. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 silver coins or 100 denarii. Now, I used to think that was just like two cents. It's not. It's about $10,000. So it's still significant. And what Jesus is really saying is, when somebody wrongs you, it's significant. I'm not minimizing that. It's significant. It's something that they owe you. But it's manageable, right? $10,000 would be manageable. You may have to pay it back after some time, but you could manage it. When the man saw him, so he owes him $10,000, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. Which, how do you pay the debt when you're in prison? When the other servants saw what happened, they were outraged. And they went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. And he said to him, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had in you? And in his anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. 
Jesus says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Wow. Is that heavy? Is that major? That here's a person who had a debt that they could not pay. And look around you. All of us angry birds, we have debts that we cannot pay that are insurmountable. There's no way we can pay that. And yet God has forgiven us. God has forgiven us. We've been excused an unpayable debt. And we have debts that people have done to us nowhere near what we've done to Christ. And yet we need to pass that on. Number three. Another misgiving is we think that we cannot do it. It feels impossible. How many have somebody that you probably should forgive, but there's no way you can do it? You just feel it. There's, I, I can't. I can't do that. Remember how I started and I said that we have an enemy, Satan, and he's the father, you know, he's the father of lies. He wants to seek and destroy and devour and disconnect you from the God who loves you and the plan for your life. And Satan's big lie is you cannot do this. However, I will tell you, he's not really telling a lie. Under your own strength, <coughs> you cannot do this. Under our own strength, we can do nothing to begin to forgive. But we never, ever, as Christians, should measure something and never measure, be measured under our own abilities but by Christ who lives in us. Philippians 4, 13, one of the greatest verses in Scripture, which says, I can do what? Everything or all things. I can do everything through him, through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. So, under, so Satan's right. Under your own strength, there are people you cannot forgive. Joyce Meyer, she could not forgive her dad on her own. It is only when God made her do something she did not want to do, made her love somebody who deserved none of her love, that he changed his heart and changed hers as well in the midst of that. Remember how we started this? Where he says, come on now, let's settle this. In other words, let's reason this out. Let's talk about this. And what he's saying is, I'm going to give you two ends of the spectrum. Jesus is saying, I know you got that unforgiveness. Come on, let's talk about it. And I want you to know I can do all things. And you can do all things through me. So we're looking at two thoughts toward white Christmas that are countercultural. Two things. Number one, what God asks us to do may not be popular in our culture. And number two, it may not make sense. I'm going to tell you, it will not make sense to your friends and family and those close to you. But God is going to be leading you to something different. You know, we're usually led by our feelings. How many believe that you're led by your feelings in many things? Okay? If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is a choice. If you make the choice, you can have snow globe living. Snow globes. Here we go. Here's a snow globe. All right, there you go. How many, how many have a snow globe? All right. Amigail used to collect them, and so we have a whole bunch of them. Um, and it's a snow globe. Now, the thing about a snow globe is I think... I want to use this and talk about God um, having snow globe living. When you look at it, you know, when you have like, you ever seen those ones like with a Christmas scene or something that looks really cool and you, you sometimes think it would be really cool to escape in there just to hang out. Even like the snow globes that have people like skiing and like 
you know, beach attire or something, you know. But you just like, wouldn't it be great to just block everything out and just exist in this world of our own where everything is just awesome? And I believe God wants us to do that. I, want God, I believe that's what God's intention is, that God wants us to live that way. And how do we live that way? Remember that first word I said in that first verse? There was a little word that starts with an O and ends with bay. Was it? Obey. Obey. God wants us to obey him. Obey him. Why do we need obedience? I gave you a hint earlier. Why do we need obedience? To do something we don't want to do. Right? How many of you, when you were a kid, your parents made you obey them? Why? Because you didn't just naturally want to do it. Go clean your room. I don't want to. How many of you said, I want to clean my room? Right? I want to do the dishes. I want to feed the cats. I want to feed the dog. I want to take care of everything. I want to clean the house. I want to fill the car up with gas. I want to do all this stuff. I want to change the oil. I want to go, stay home. I want to make money for you. And I want to give you money. Anybody's kids say that to you? No. You make them do what they don't want to do. And last time I checked, we are children of the living God. And guess what? If we want to live the life that he has for us, then we're going to have to obey. And it's going to be doing something that we don't want to do. Sometimes God will say, do this, and we'll say, no way. Anybody said no way to God? How'd that work out for you? 1 Corinthians 1, 25-28 says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. People may think you're foolish. People may think that you're weak for forgiving and you're weak that you're kind of lame for doing these things. That, what, you want me to be a doormat? No, no, if you look at the scripture, God never says lay, lay back and get tromped on. Be, be truthful with people, but just do everything that you can in your nature and everything that is in you to be at peace with one another and to free yourself. This is what it's about, freeing yourself. I put that post on yesterday and I had someone private message me about something I had nothing to do with and someone blamed me for something. And I told them, sounds like you're blaming me. And they said, no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just blaming you, right? And my response was, go ahead. It won't be the first time, it won't be the last time. It's okay. And you know what really ticked me off? I want to do a lot of things. I wanted to do those, those, all kinds of things. I had all kinds of ideas for this. But God wants to do this. To nullify the things that are here, God wants to make something different. In the snow globe, you ain't caring about anything. Out here, snow globe's cool. This is my hope for all of us in this, that, God nulli- that we nullify the things that are in our lives. Why not try God's way? There's a catch to it. The catch is you may not feel like doing it. But remember, forgiveness is a choice. So I'm going to give you, as we wind down today, I'm going to give you several quick things that you don't want to do. Look at somebody, look at the person on the other side of you and tell them, I don't want to do this. I should have stayed home with my turkey. Okay. All right. 
Here's foolish things that don't make sense. First thing, pray for them. Have you ever really, really been wronged and started to pray for that person? Your prayers start off like this. Oh, God, smite that sucker. Leave him in a burnt crisp on the deck so I can see it, God. Infest their armpits with a thousand ants. Fire ants, preferably, oh, Lord God, bring your wrath. But after you get through that, you start to pray, and you continually to pray, and something happens. You begin to open your heart. You begin to see things. A lot of times when you have people with marriage issues and you ask them to pray for each other, they'll start that way. But then they start to get things, they start to get to the point of, and I want to thank you for them being a great mother and a great father. And even though that sucker ain't good to me, I want to thank you that they're a provider. You know, and go through these things. It, something happens when you change your heart. It's a lot like the Psalms. You ever read the Psalms? Oh, God, smite my enemies. Remove them from the face of the earth. And, but God, you're God, and it's okay. Whatever you do, I will glorify and worship you. Number two, bless them. Bless them. That doesn't mean you go up to people and say, dumbness, flubbness, you know, like that. No. It's actually worse. It means to speak well of them. Oh, that stinks. I forgive them, but let me tell you what that sucker did. I forgave them. You know they did the same thing? I don't, you know what? There's a lot of biblical scriptures about ants and stuff. I know it's in there somewhere, right? In their armpits and all kinds of other parts of the body. That's what I, well, but I'm not, I'm not going to waste that because I've forgiven them. But let me tell you, they're no good. Right? Forgiveness means to speak well of. Many of us said, I have forgiven, but Luke 6, 27 through 28 says, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you. That's why it says, Don't curse them, and pray for those who mistreat you. Romans 12, 14 says it a different way, Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. How's your way working out for you? It's probably not. How would it work if you didn't curse people, but you began to bless and speak well of your ex-friend or your ex-husband or wife, and you started to get over some of the things through letting God bring something new into your heart, cleansing your heart, not keeping you captive? You know, so many of us exist in life that we, we say, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, and we push it down, push it down. And then when somebody bring, says something about that person, it all spews out like a volcano. You know, I'll tell you, the other, the other week, somebody put a post on there of Dak Prescott, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And he threw a cup on the side and it fell off. And he got up and he went and picked it up. And I so wished he hadn't picked it up so I could say nasty things about the Cowboys. But I actually wrote a post and said, hey, looks like a class guy. At least the Cowboys finally have one. I added the last part myself. Sorry, you'll forgive me. <laughs> but you know how painful that was for me to say something good about the Cowboys? I'm an Eagles fan. Yuck. I want him to be the jerkiest person in the world so I can talk bad about him. But guess what? It, it killed me to do it, but I did it. What's the other thing? So we want to bless them, pray for them, bless them. And here you go. You're not going to like this one bit. Do good to them. Really? Okay, I will pray. I will do my best to talk nice about them or just not bad about them. But there is no way I'm doing good to them. Romans 12, 17 through 21. Do 
Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, here you go. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. As my mother used to say, kill him with kindness. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with what? Good. God avenges. It's his way to get back. It's our job to do good. If you want to live from the outside in, if you want to get in to snow globe living, we must trust God and we must obey God. And we can jump into an all new reality of a white Christmas in our hearts. It may be crazy, but God is always right. In closing today, and so um, I, w- I just want to share with you something that some of you have heard, and I know Stephanie knows it very, very well. And um, over 20 years of ministry, I've met a lot of people, and I've met a lot of situations with forgiveness. And there's one lady named Trixie who has, um, who many of you know, Anytime I think of forgiveness in God, I think of her. Back in 1980, her son Brian went missing and he was murdered. And left outside in 100 degree heat for two weeks. Had no clue where he was and then went through all kinds of painful trials and other kinds of things. Even coming to the point of seeing those who were, uh, who were put in jail with it, released And he was 19 years old. And I can think of nothing. Matter of fact, I said it. You know, I can forgive a lot of things, but if they hurt my kids. How many have said that before? But one day, um, early at Moore's Chapel, I was at two different churches, Moore's Chapel and St. John's, and we had a, an 8.30 uh, praise and worship service. I had to go to another church at 10.30. I had to come back at um, well, no, 9.30, and I had to come back at 11. So I was zipping back and forth. And I know this is going to shock you when I say this. I went a little bit over time in the message. And I got to the point, and I said, oh, we didn't take offerings. So here's what I want to do today. I want to go ahead, and um, as you come up to receive communion, it was the day for communion. As you come up to receive communion, go ahead and put your offering here as well. Little did I know, that Trixie had not taken communion since the time her son was murdered. That she had this justifiable by this world resentment and hatred, dare I say, for the people. And I called her to ask if I could share the story, and she said, oh, go ahead, definitely. She told me, she stood up, she was, going, she was in a, a quandary at this point. I want to give my offering. I told her, I joked with her, I said, a lot of people said, well, good, I don't have to give offering either, out the back door. And I remember she was sitting there and she was doing this. When she gets nervous, she kind of taps here like this. And she, she said she stood up and she was in this point where she was back and forth, back and forth, what do I do, what do I do? She told me last night as I spoke with her, 
I can't explain it, Jack, but for those years of my life, I felt locked up. Like I was just a prisoner. I was the one who was in prison. So she came up and she said, she just kind of heard, well, what, what can I lose? She took communion for the first time. She put her offering in and she moved back around by the, by the uh, pews. They're kind of like chairs, but they're hard. And you moved around the corner and she said immediately as she began to walk around the corner, God touched her heart in a way and she began to have forgiveness for these people that took, these women that took her son's life. She said, and we, I said, it makes no sense to us. It makes no sense to me. I preach it, but it makes no sense how you could come to that point. She said, all I can say, Jack, is before I wasn't saved. I had heard about God. I knew about what he said. But it was that moment, that moment. You see, I'd seen forgiveness in the Bible forever, and it just leapt out to me. But it was at that moment in my life that God set me free. Because when I came to know God and who he really is, I became to be free and never bound again. She has shared this story in several ways, and I told her, I said, Trixie, anytime I think about forgiveness, you sharing that ministers to me and leaps out of the page more than anybody I've ever known. I can't imagine. Does that mean that she forgets about it? Not a day that goes by she doesn't think about Brian. Does that mean that she has minimized what they did? No. What does it mean? It means that she was tired of living out here and wanted the life that God has for her. That even though all hell may be breaking loose and that there's unforgiveness and there's pain, that she has a God who's greater than it all. And I know for a fact that her testimony and her life and the way she lived, lives her life and the way she shares her faith and the peace that she talks about it with shows that there is a living God. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32 says this. Get rid of, don't just hold on to the side, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander along with every form of malice. That pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Satan's not wrong. You cannot do this on your own, but you need God's power. And I want to say this in the best way I know how. If you cannot do this, then maybe you have never allowed yourself to fully be forgiven by God. Or maybe we have gotten a point in our Christianity where we've forgotten what it is to be forgiven. I want to say that again. If you can't do this, and maybe you're at a point where you've never come to God and asked for forgiveness for everything that you've done in your life, and you've never been forgiven by God, or maybe we have a short memory and we've forgotten about what it means and how it feels to be forgiven. Maybe we are that wicked, unmerciful servant who has been forgiven the unpardonable debt that we can't repay, and we are holding people accountable for a costly debt and costly 
things, but nowhere near what we have to pay. The last thing on your sheet is this. The forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. I'm going to do this a little bit differently today. I'm going to ask that you stay where your heads are bowed as we pray to start this off. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Just bow your heads in prayer with me. And I want to pray right now, God, for a couple people. I want to pray for those last two that we talked about. God, I want to pray for those who have not been forgiven by you, who have lived in this area, may have even lived bound, as Joyce Meyer shared and as Trixie shared, that we just are captive to ourselves and to the lot. Yeah, somebody's done it, but God has re- helped us remain captive to where we can go nowhere and no, have no clue what love is and we're just living outside the snow globe. So God, I want to pray right now for everyone who needs to be forgiven by you. And what I'm going to ask today is if you need to be forgiven, you've never asked God for that forgiveness in your life. Everybody's eyes are closed and heads bowed or maybe upright, I don't know, because my eyes are closed. Just kind of stand where you are and say, God, I need forgiveness in my life. Just stand right where you are. Even if you're home right now, I don't care where you're sitting down, stand up. If you're in a car, don't do that. If you're in a car, just kind of lift your hand up where you are and say, God, I need to be forgiven. And if you're, if you're that person, if you're that person, just say this, God, I, I, you know, just say to yourself, God, I, I need forgiveness from you. I need to, to look at that and to have my heart cleansed because it's scarlet, it's bleeding, it's, it's attacked, and I need you to fulfill your promise to make it white as snow. If you guys remain standing, for those who have maybe forgotten what it was like to be forgiven by God, or maybe there was another person who forgave you something so great, I think this is something that so many of us could stand to, and God, I'm standing right now. I'd be standing if I was sitting right now. If you have forgotten really truly what it's like to be forgiven by God and that has caused you to harbor unforgiveness for other people in your life, but you want to go ahead and remember that, uh, that, that forgiveness that God gives to you, just stand where you are right now. Just go ahead and stand up. If you say, God, I want to remember what it's like for your grace and your love to forgive me where I am and all my mess, and I want to be more forgiving in my life. I want to pass on what you have. And if you struggle with forgiveness and you need God to make a way and help my unforgiveness for all kinds of things, maybe many of those things that were listed, maybe you're one of the 70 plus people who posted on my wall. Or if I say, what is the thing that's been hardest for you to forgive? And it may be yourself. Just stand where you are right now and say, God, I need to forgive. I need to reach out in forgiveness to my family, to my friends, to my ex, to my ex-friends, to, this, to the, that teacher in the fifth grade who broke me down, to that pastor who used his, his position of spiritual authority to misuse it, to make me think I'm lesser than what I am, or did it to other people. Just stand where you are right now. And now if you're willing to stand with everybody else to say that we need to love one another as Christ loved us, 
Go ahead and stand now. If everyone could be standing. Lord God, I ask you to break the power of unforgiveness in our lives, in our church, and in our world. I'm going to pray for those people to be set free. Free to love. Free to experience you in new ways, unbound, in Stow Globe living, every day, God. For we have a white Christmas of the heart, is my prayer. A white Christmas of our heart in obeying you. Clean the crimson, broken, bleeding heart that we have. And make all things clean. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're free to come up and pray up front if you'd like to. Or you can remain where you are in prayer. That's fine. But just feel the Spirit of God moving in this place. a better word than all the empty claim I heard upon this earth speaks righteousness for me and stands in my defense Jesus it's your blood your blood speaks a better word than all the empty claims upon this earth speaks righteousness for me stands in my defense Jesus is your blood what can wash away our sin what can make us whole again nothing but the blood
Hello? There we go. Um, I was just sitting here thinking, and, you know, we're talking about uh, un- unforgiveness and other kinds of things like that um, is where we're headed. And one of the things that I think that we need to add to this, to the white Christmas, is there's a lot of people just dealing with whatever. Fill it with whatever you want. And there's a lot of stuff. Remember when I said about Satan is seeking to destroy, devour, and to keep us from the plan that God has for our lives? And one of the things that, um, that, has, that has hit me the most that I haven't seen in 20 years of ministry that is at an all-time high, that there's people that it used to be when people had, had issues, they drew close to God. You know, even if they got their life together, they, then they kind of go off at other times. But I'm seeing that people are hurting and they're running away from God. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. And, and all that is wrapped into hurt and unforgiveness and all this other kind of stuff. And, and whether you're here today or whether you're watching online, what I, uh, one of the things that, that Trixie told me, that I almost forgot this, and it just came to me speaking right now, is that when she said she walked around the pew, she felt different. But she told me this last night. I felt both arms of God wrap around me and hug me. So many people don't get to the place. Trixie could have stayed in that pew like she did for years. She could have walked out the back door. Nobody would have said anything to her. But it would have kept her from being embraced by her daddy. And just surrounding him, her with his arms around her and loving her. I believe there are so many of us here today and maybe watching online, or that may have been here, that because of life and hurt and pain and and forgiveness, unforgiveness and everything else, are not in the place where God needs them to just wrap their arms around them, wrap his arms around them, and just love on them. So as a symbol of that, I want you to pass that on here today. Find somebody, as John Hobbs used to say, a friend of mine, hug them around their neck, and tell somebody that they have a daddy who loves them. Because next week, we're going to look at it differently. And I believe it could be life-changing if we really obey and embrace. Do you see what I see? All right? Have an awesome week in Jesus. Amen.